Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind the spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So, whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. place a beautifully restored piece of English history in the heart of the Hampshire countryside. Not only is this space as close to perfect as interiors can be, but its whole philosophy is rooted in slowing down and living in tune with nature's surroundings. And I'm incredibly excited to welcome Sky Gingell to the podcast, who's been at Heckville for over 12 years now. Hello. Uh, yes, no, I have. I mean, you just asked me a few minutes ago and I was like, I, I had to stop and you know, when I realised it's 12 years, it's gone so quickly, though. Yeah, it always It's does. incredible. I mean, this last decade for me has gone, and because spring is about to turn, t- is 10 this year as well, yeah. and I feels like, everything feels like it was two or three years. It I know, but things like- always do. And there's also that now, now we've got that, was it pre-COVID or post-COVID? I know. That sort of marker, which that everything huge, else. And confusion as well, yeah. sort of a marker, but it's so blurry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it? I know. Well, it's such a delight to be here today oh, with it's you. it's lovely to have you here. And I can't wait to get into the story behind Heckfield, but I'd love to start with you first of all and hear about your journey in spring and all the rest of it. Okay, I mean, well, how far do you want to go back? Or what well, as do you- far as you want to. Um, okay, well, I've actually... Um, I'm from Australia, so I grew up in Sydney, uh, which was lovely. It was a Mm. really lovely childhood. Um, And I've actually lived in London now for over 40 years, which seems another absolutely extraordinary Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And I have been cooking for over 40 years as well. So I actually originally left Australia to go and work in Paris. Mm -hmm. And I've never really lived there again, although all my family's sort of there. And so I've got hugely strong ties and um, deep... uh, affection and yeah. connection with Australia um and uh yeah so I've I mean I've been cooking for so long now it's kind of crazy and you know my career be, uh because I guess it's been really long I've I've done lots of things you know mm. everything from kind of um like cooking in restaurants obviously and then teaching writing yeah. um uh kind of some event work and stuff and uh yeah it's been um it's been amazing and I've really, really seen the industry change tremendously yeah. in the 40 years I've been in it. Um, and I, I've, I've been here for 12 years and I came, uh, I came and worked, uh, for the owner of Heckfield where mm-hmm. we are now, um, 12 years ago. And it was when I left Petersham Nurseries, mm. uh, where before that I was there for 10 years before yeah. I came here. Love Petersham Nurseries. It's but quite, lovely. quite a good CV, don't you, Sky? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've been really lucky. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel like I've been incredibly lucky, especially not always in my earlier part of my career, but certainly like the last 20 years, mm. I've been really lucky to work in, um, in incredibly beautiful environments. Yeah. Like Petersham, obviously, was an, yes. a very inspiring uh, place to work. And uh, here is incredibly beautiful yeah. and also actually having a restaurant in Somerset House which is yeah. also 
such a beautiful building. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know I'm very lucky I get to go and work in places that are very beautiful yeah. every day. Very good for the nice. soul, I can imagine. Really nice. And it's actually also an incredible treat if you live in, if you work in kitchens, because very often they can be <laughs> below ground. It's <laughs> trip lighting, you know, but Petersham's yeah. kitchen was beautiful because I could just, it was like an old garden shed. And so we just oh, wow. looked out onto this kind of beauty. We could oh. see it was like the inside was out sort of thing. And I've also got a really beautiful kitchen at uh, spring with huge windows oh, and lots of daylight and stuff. So it's really nice. That's lovely. And yeah. speaking of beautiful things, here we are looking out another lovely big window, looking down to the lake at Heckfield Place. It's so picturesque, sort of tucked away in quiet Hampshire countryside. Would you be able to paint a little bit of a picture for people listening in about where we are in the world? Yes. Okay. I think we're on the, um, officially probably on the Hampshire-Berkshire border, aren't lovely. we? Very diplomatic. It's yeah. sort of uh, Jane Austen country. <laughs> yes. Um, probably about 50 minutes from London, mm. like... Um, so quite close to London, relatively yeah. speaking. And um, the actual house sits on just over 460 hectares wow. of land, which is really lovely. And it's very interesting land because it's quite flat around mm. here. Um, but uh, we, we've we been so blessed because there was a very kind of well-known gardener, a man called William Wildsmith, mm. who was the head gardener here um, when, the, when the house was originally built. And they... Uh, they planted a really extensive arboretum. Wow. So there's some really old trees on this estate and some really beautiful and very unusual trees as well. And we actually, it's lovely because we've got um, a whole forestry program here. So mm. um, we're taking saplings and raising them and stuff like that. So that kind of work's continuing, which is really nice. Um, the house itself is Georgian. It's got uh, the hotel's got forty seven bedrooms. I think it could be forty six, but I think it's forty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been. It was a really big restoration project, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so although I have been working here and with the owner for the last twelve years, um, it really only opened five years ago. Yeah. It was a real labor of love, mm-hmm. a very personal uh, mm-hmm. journey for him as yeah. well. Um, and he was in no hurry to uh, um, to open. Uh, he really wanted to get it right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so I think you can really see that from the house. It's, uh, I don't know how you feel, but it's, we always wanted it to be very, um, I don't think we ever put ourselves against, or he certainly didn't like um, put, put himself, he didn't want to compare himself to any other hotel. He wanted mm. to create something that felt, an expression of who he was yeah. uh, and what was important to him. And we're really lucky because he's a great collector of art. Yes. And so uh, the whole house is full of his personal art, mm. which is really nice. Um, and uh, we also have a market garden and farm. So um, we have uh, we have uh, a five-hectare uh, market garden where all our fruit and vegetables come from wow. and they're that is biodynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the conversion um, process and received organic status in 2018. And then uh, it took another year to re- uh, to receive biodynamic status. Mm. Um, and so that's lovely. And we grow, we've got an orchard of 400 trees. And so we've got quinces, plums, apples, pears. We grow all of, um, probably about 80% of what we serve here in the hotel is from the market wow. garden. But we also have uh, a little bit of meat. We have lamb mm-hmm. and we have all uh, chickens. All our eggs come from there. We've got a dairy of 37 
uh, a beautiful Guernsey cow. So all the milk oh. is uh, that you served in the hotel is from there. We make our butter, yogurts, some young cheeses. Uh, yeah, so we're very, very lucky. We've got honey. Uh, so it's really, really uh, lovely. Um, and it feels, it's a very nice place to work and cook because you feel so connected mm. to the land, the immediacy of the earth outside, yeah. which is really yeah. beautiful. And you, you just don't know, I don't know how it feels to you, but it's my first time coming. And there's this real sort of grounding feeling. It's yeah. this beautiful palette of like muted, neutral tones. Um, everything's beautifully done. There's loads of, it's Christmas, so it's beautiful dried flower arrangements. And then again, um, Nicole was just telling me about this philosophy, this whole idea of being in tune with the surroundings, slowing down biodynamics. It feels like the whole thing is incredibly well thought together in this beautiful sort of, like you just said, self-sufficient. You really lean on your own market gardens. You really are rooted and hunkered down in this part of the world. And it feels incredibly, like I say, calming, grounding and sort of with intention almost. I think um, definitely. And actually all the Christmas decorations and things that you see. So we grow all the flowers for the hotel down at the farm as well. Um, which is beautiful. And then we dry them in the winter. Yeah. So all the f- dried flowers and the Christmas decorations are all made from flowers that have been wow. grown on the farm, which is really lovely. And I do think there's a huge amount of intention here. Mm. And um, I think it's, it. Um, I think certainly the owner, um, Dr. Chan, I think he always wanted it to be a place of reflection and yeah. uh, to for it to feel kind of restorative mm. and, it's definitely, um, it's got a calming and quiet effect here. I don't think, it's not a party hotel, yeah. I wouldn't say. It's kind of sort of a, a kind of hotel to kind of sit by the fire and mm. uh, curl up with a really, really good book and have a really good walk and uh, sleep really well and yeah. Yeah, eat really well. Mm-hmm. The, the main things we will come away to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really in that sort of way. of, And we always really wanted to make it feel like, it was your house that you were coming to or you'd been invited to someone's, you know, house and it felt very personal. It's like all the public spaces are very yes. personal. And, uh. Uh, and I, uh, for our, we do an afternoon tea, which is like one of my favorite things. And we don't, we just do one cake that we bake and oh. we put it out at four o'clock by the fire and you go and help yourself to a slice. And so it sort of feels like you're in your, it's not like a huge no. kind of afternoon tea yeah. offering. It's just one kind of really beautiful homemade they're quite old-fashioned the cake we kind of tend to do like you know walnut cakes and like really classic kind of afternoon English afternoon tea cakes ginger cakes and and that's really nice and uh the food is um the food offering is quite pared back as Mm. well which is really nice oh it's so you were saying the cake by the fire and we just mentioned Jane Austen country, but that's, yeah. I'm getting such, you know, are we just actually, have we stepped back 200 years somewhere yeah. in one of, you know, in Mansfield Park or wherever? And this beautiful sort of, it's a very modern interpretation of these big old homes and it still has that sense of home. It hasn't become a hotel hotel. Yeah. It feels more like someone's home they've opened up for people to exactly. stay and enjoy. And I think that's incredibly special. Well, I think that was always the intention. Uh, it was to to feel like you were, you could make yourself completely at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And in terms of bringing it to life then, you said it was a bit of a project. Yeah. Did Dr. Shan, did he have this vision from day one or was it something that went through evolutions? And how I definitely he- think it was probably a huge journey yeah. for him. I think, I think he bought the, uh, the actual estate quite some time before he started the refer- mm. the kind of um, refurbishment or restoration yeah. of it. And I think he really loved the land. Yeah. Um, and so he 
I think he kind of sat with it quietly for quite a while and it was run as a sort of little hotel in a way, but I think it was probably quite mm. old fashioned and a bit yeah. of sort of fuddy duddy, almost a conference center, not quite, but, um, and I think he just really sort of sat and thought, let it kind of wash over him. Mm. And I, it did evolve. And I think there were lots of kind of, you know, he's a very curious human being, um, which I always think is one of his loveliest qualities. Yeah. And he, he took a, he took advice from lots of different people and he talked and then he, I think he just found the thing that felt really right for him. Mm. I mean, it definitely is a very personal project yeah. uh, for him. And that's been really nice. It, mm. It's very nice to work on something that is so personal and means something that's yeah. so, uh, it, it means something, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, Which definitely. has been really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, he's really nice to work with. I really enjoy Always it. Always makes a difference. Yeah, a huge difference. And so yeah. then when you joined, how far along that journey was it? Um, I think it was sort of like, definitely they had the idea of sort of giving it um, a kind of, it was time to sort of like update it a little okay. bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they were going to open it. Uh, they did want to kind of like change uh I suppose where it sat in the landscape yeah. in terms of a hotel. Um, and so, uh, but it was very different because we didn't have the interior designer mm. uh, who ended up working with Gerald on the project. They didn't, he wasn't engaged yet. So it it wasn't formed like this in any yeah. way. It was okay. just, they knew that they wanted to like uh, turn it into a kind of um, a more sort of glamorous hotel mm-hmm. than it was. But they, I, I think the direction was still evolving when I came on board. Okay, interesting. And then how did that happen? Obviously, you come from this sort of foodie background. How did the two sort of go together? Was it this marrying of food and interiors and all, all the rest of it? Or was it sort of done in parallel and then sort of came together down Pro- the line? Probably in parallel. Like, um, I think, um, I mean... I think I was very lucky too because he we're very aligned um, in terms of the food he mm. likes to eat and stuff. So okay. I had a very free reign with nice. that, which was really nice. And I don't think I could have. Um, I think I'd I'd gone to I've I've sort of worked too long and had too much freedom in my career to have had to have come and fitted a brief. Okay. Really, yeah. I think that would have been hard for me. Mm. Um, and he loved I mean we had this tiny little farm down there, but it wasn't really growing anything mm-hmm. and it wasn't organic. It, the farm, the farm itself had been fairly kind of um, conventionally farmed, mm. so it had a lot of grain on the land and stuff. And uh, so I was like, and I've worked with a farmer called Jane Scotter, who's a biodynamic farmer in the Black Hills of Herefordshire for yeah. the last kind of like over a decade. And she provides, grows and provides everything for us at spring. Mm-hmm. The, we have a kind of unique relationship there. And I asked if she could come on board and we could convert this to mm-hmm. organics and biodynamics. And he was very open to that, which was yeah. really nice. And I think we've really seen the benefits. I mean, it's been a lot. Um, it's taken a really, really long time to uh, the soil was very depleted when we mm-hmm. started working on it. And I think you'll see that in a lot of farms that have been kind of fairly conventionally farmed. Yeah. And it's quite it's a clay soil down here. It's full of pebbles and so it's been a real process to get the soil healthy again. And that's mm-hmm. probably taken maybe seven years. And yeah. uh, and then the whole organic and biodynamic process is a whole other thing that we have to do. So, uh, but he was really up for it, which was really nice. Mm. And then I think because of what we grow and obviously we've got the dairy and the orchards and stuff, I think 
that really informs the food um, program mm. here because we really try and just take as much as possible from what's from the land. Yeah, I love that. Being led by the surroundings, by the seasons, not imposing your yeah. vision onto nature. And, and, you know, the thing with farms is you've got to, uh, it's been a really tough year, you know, yeah. um, and I think for all farms and all farms in the UK, and I think it's a real combination of climate change, but also uh, it was very wet. And so it was a very late season. Uh, uh, we really didn't see anything coming from the land probably until very end of July or August. So yeah. you had this huge, we had this huge chunk of the beginning of the year when there was very, very little. But um, yeah, and some years you have good years and some years you have, yeah. have bad years. You are very, it's, you know, you always think with farming, it's always best laid plans. Mm. So you've got all the good intentions in the world and then, you know, nature gets in the way and yeah. Especially when you're you're farming in a kind of uh, in a much more kind of natural mm. way. I really love that, and it's quite humbling actually. Because you have this beautiful, very high end hotel, and actually you're still being led by the most humble, the ground, the seasons, and like refusing to just outsource, ship it all in, but actually remaining really loyal to your local land and your own yeah. ability to produce that food. I think that's really amazing. Well, it's a very creative way to work because yeah. it's a very um, you know, it's, I mean, I know it sounds funny and, and, and it's sort of almost uh, counterintuitive in a way where you think that if I had like this huge selections of thousands and thousands of things to work with, imagine how creative I could be. But mm. I think we actually find that we've got this very narrow, small amount of things to work yeah. with. And it actually sort of, uh, I find it kind of pushes you deeper. I mean, for example, always in winter, you know, nothing is so I, I guess the land at the moment would look like a giant freezer really so you've got kind of cabbages yeah. things that will happily stay in the ground because almost they're 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 sitting in a refrigerator so they'll, mm. they'll stay for a really long time there aren't really any root vegetables you know they're yeah. all I mean I mean things like apples and pears and plums we think they're winter fruit but they're actually late summer fruit yeah so you harvest at the at the end of August early mm. September is when all the apple harvests come and then you store them for the winter months yeah. you know in apple crates and apple yeah. boxes but there's very and, and root vegetables the same you can put them in root stores and but they're not actually particularly growing from the ground you get some mm -hmm. lovely winter we've got some lovely lettuces at the moment really the uh, the cold bit, uh, winter lettuces, which we call winter leaves, which are often the kind of the ones that you would know as radicchios yeah. and stuff, mm -hmm. the bitter, win uh, which are beautiful leaves, yeah. but really just that and some ca brassicas and cabbages. Yeah. So, you know, and there's a million different forms of brassicas, you know, so there's collard <laughs> greens and hispy cabbage and red cabbage and savoy cabbage. and But, you know, like sometimes you look at our menu and it's like, there's some cauliflower, a bit of that's really coming to the end, a bit of broccoli, and there's some carrots and parsnips, and maybe some Jerusalem artichokes. But literally, that's you've probably got about eight yeah. uh, vegetables to sort of really work with. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, but actually, I mean, they've all got beautiful different flavors, mm -hmm. and yeah, we find a way to make it work. Uh, but you know, you will if you really look closely at our menu, it's very full of there's a savoy cabbage mm. there, collard <laughs> green I hope there. You like cabbage there. if you're coming at this time. I hope you yeah. like cabbage, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, and obviously in the summer we have a lot more choice, yeah. you know, but it's a short season. So and that's brilliant, isn't it? It's like, also it's one of those houses where today the greens were sat in one of the bedrooms and it's this very calm, sagey green looking out over, we said the lake and the grounds, yeah. again, this sort of green browns that carries outside. Then I imagine you come back in summer and it's sun and you've got all the gardens overflowing, the flowers blooming, the Italian terrace must be like in full sun all day. Yeah. I imagine it's an incredibly different feeling 
from tucked away. Yeah, I, I think it is. Well, I think it's a lot. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, you've got this really lovely view here, haven't you, from the lake room, mm-hmm. and you can see all the lakes and the trees, and there's kind of a lot of bracken yeah. between the trees mm-hmm. and stuff. So there's kind of these very autumnal, wintry kind of sludgy tones yeah. really and I guess the house is a bit like that yeah. as well and it's mainly full of dried flowers now because mm. we don't grow any flower flowers don't really grow in the now yeah um a few paper whites and narcissi and yeah. stuff but uh not a lot and but in the summer then you've got like we um we always call it tulip fever because we grow I think uh we grow we probably plant about 30 maybe more thousand tulip bulbs wow and uh we have really unusual and beautiful varieties so we have about three weeks in sort of like April May Mm. I mean you never can tell exactly when they're going to come we need the sun and everything but when the house is just full of tulips um, and it looks amazing and then Obviously, you move into, you know, like in the September, I mean, then they just, you know, then you've got sweet peas yeah. and, and then we go, because flowers are actually as seasonal as fruit and veg exactly, in, yeah. in this country. And and when you work completely seasonally with flowers, you have these amazing gifts, you know, like when the sweet peas first come, they're incredible. And then you obviously have, you know, peonies mm. and lilacs and yeah. then the roses in the summer. And then you sort of tumble into kind of all the dahlias mm. kind of come mid-September and then they take you through to kind of November and then stop. Yeah, yeah. I thought you find love for dahlias, actually. I started recording these um, episodes in sort of late September onwards and I'd go to all these beautiful gardens and gardeners were always like, oh, it's a shame you're coming now. You should have been here three weeks ago and it was in full bloom and now there's just dahlias left. <laughs> well, it's funny. They've them. definitely, well, they, I think they were a real grandmother's flower yeah, for a while. A and then now. I feel like they've had a huge resurgence 100%. in the kind of probably last decade or so and then you get those kind of the babylon dahlias and stuff with the huge heads Mm. and i mean i I adore them they they don't last long cut unfortunately they get kind of Mm. ragged around thing but they are so beautiful and as you cut them they're a bit like a sweet pea they just come again Mm -hmm. so you get a lot of um bang for your buck (laughs) (laughs) from from one plant which is really nice excellent worth investing in totally totally Mm -hmm. I I always put dahlias in my garden because you can have cut flowers are really long the more you cut them the more they'll come again until the end of the season keep coming back yeah love that and then talking on that sort of seasonal um shift how does the house itself get used for different seasons do people always come here to relax or is it more people come here in the sun to gather to eat to drink or is it kind of I think I would say it's um, it's pretty consistent throughout the whole mm. year. And um, uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously you use a house and land in a different way when the sun shines from yeah. when it rains. And so the winter's a lot more about putting the fires on and uh, curling up on the sofa. And I think the summer is, and the, um, yeah, late spring and summer is much more about opening all the windows mm especially downstairs and sort yeah. of everybody going outside. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that lake, which is, um, yeah. we do have a really beautiful spa here called the Bothy, which yes. has an indoor swimming pool. But uh, they people swim in the oh, lake. amazing. And in the winter, and I did it actually uh, last, they do cold water immersion. Have you ever done that? Well, I was actually, I was in Norfolk last week and I was at this place with a floating sauna on a lake. Oh, and I was fine. like, well, I'll definitely go in the sauna. I'm not very good at cold water. And I befriended someone in the sauna who was like, you have to get in the lake. Yeah. 
So anyway, she got me in the lake and it was amazing, but so cold. It's an amazing it's feeling, isn't it? Afterwards, that like, oh, I just felt so high on life. I know. Mm. It's so, I mean, I I did it too once and I, I they said, come on, you're going to go and do it. And I was like, I am not doing yeah. that. Like, I'm Australian and I love the water, <laughs> but I'm not going in. Like, I'm not a Cornish swimmer. Yeah. I like, I'm kind of a fair weather. I like kind of a mm-hmm. bit of warmth. And, but, uh, and it was absolutely freezing and I think my feet were cold for the rest about eight hours afterwards but my head I felt absolutely incredible yeah yeah. Yeah. it's amazing and like the tingles tingles so good the clarity yes yeah yeah. so So lots of people do that here actually um and then in the summer they also it's it's actually divine there's two lakes there I think you can only see one from here but there's a lower lake as well and We've got this really lovely pontoon oh my gosh, and you can go and kind of take a picnic down there. And it's got this lovely little bit of grass and wow. you just can dive into the pond and hang out there all afternoon. Oh, that sounds heavenly. Yeah. Well, I'll have to come back and see you in the summer. You definitely <laughs> will. Yeah, it's really nice here actually. Oh. Yeah. And you obviously we eat outside a lot yes. more and uh, um, yeah, hearth goes outside a lot more. There's a beautiful terrace mm. and people are just sort of, so I guess it's, it still has the same energy and yeah. the same sort of um, restorative nature, yeah. but I guess it's just because we're so much about the estate here, really, that it's mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of very influenced by what's happening on the estate. Yeah, well, I love that. And good segue, actually, into my next question, which was going to be about the whole, around the whole biodynamics, because it's yeah. the big 100-year anniversary next year in 2024. It, it is. So, um, in, um, so 2024 is the 100-year uh, year anniversary of biodynamics mm-hmm. and um for those people who don't know because I think a lot of people say what it is or they've heard yeah. of it and they think it's a little bit kind of woo 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 or a mm-hmm. bit strange it was actually founded by Rudolf Steiner mm-hmm. um and it comes from a series of six lectures that were given in one day wow. um in 2000 uh, 1924 and mm. it came as uh, a result of a lot of farmers and people who work the land having seen uh, uh, the kind of rise in huge rise in industrialization yeah. and that they'd seen that their soil had been uh, felt depleted yeah. and the earth just didn't seem quite as healthy. So it's actually based on a lunar calendar mm-hmm. and it's uh, so you have fruits and flower days and you're very governed by lunar cycles, yeah. which probably does sound a bit strange, but then if you really think about it, uh, the whole world was always traditionally governed by the sun and the moon, yeah. wasn't it? You know, and, and as human beings as well, you know, you'd get up when the sun ro- rose yeah. and you went to bed when it, the sun went down. And so it's just really kind of tuning into that. And, you know, I think there are many ways to practice, you know, soil health is incredibly important mm-hmm. and small farms like the farm we have here or, uh, you know, lovely small organic farms or whether they, they're practicing permaculture or organics or biodynamics or, um, you know, what, if you fall into any of those categories, you'll probably find biodiversity within mm-hmm. them yeah. uh, because it's uh, you're planting little and often and lots of different yeah. things and that creates biodiversity. It's the big monocrops mm-hmm. that, uh, that sort of deplete di- yeah. biodiversity in a way. Um, and they're really good little carbon sequesters. So yeah. they're incredibly easy wins environmentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even we have a dairy here and I know there's a lot of 
I mean, I personally think animals are an incredibly important part part of a farm. Yes. They're an integral part to fertilization. And mm-hmm. the Americans say you've got to keep poop in the loop. And <laughs> it is uh, it is really and they, these little farms are very good carbon sequesters. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a very small herd, um, and they kind of roam the land freely, and they yeah. poo and they eat and they fertilize the whole of the land. Yeah. And so they're actually very good for the environment. Mm. I mean, it's it's the amount of meat we eat and the kind of feedlots yeah. and the way, it's the industrialization of food, 100%. which is the real problem. And so um, I, I love that. It feels very good to be part of a kind of, um, you know, 460 hectares of organic, good, clean soil mm-hmm. uh, with a healthy microbiome yeah. and uh, which is good for the environment. That feels very positive. And mm-hmm. We're completely single-use plastic-free here and we have a big biomass center. And, um, yeah, so we really try and be as sustainable as possible. That's Mm -hmm. really important. And the land, the um, stewardship of the land is very Mm -hmm. important to us and especially to the owner. It sounds like a very sort of almost going back to Jane Austen who knew we were talking so much about her today sort of going back in time almost approach to when people had a house and they had their land and they cared for it and they lived off it yeah it's you know going back to the basics to the to the way we've already always lived and farmed and eaten until well, especially big houses exactly. I mean our farms actually call um home farm okay but I mean a lot of those big houses had what were always called home farms yeah. So the farms that actually uh, on the estates that actually fed everybody who worked on the estates, the big houses, and they're almost these little self-sufficient. So I guess it is like that. And I think it's sometimes, I think you have to be very forward thinking Mm -hmm. as well, though. I think, I mean, what we're doing is really good, but obviously um, you can go backwards, but we need to look, embrace Mm -hmm. There's You know, there's lots of quite incredible kind of, uh farm technology that's yeah. coming out so i think we have to really embrace the mm, new as well as definitely. you know there's like some incredible kind of computerized weeding systems wow. that work on steam and and so i think i i'm also very interested in like moving forward and how do you use technology in a positive way yes. uh for kind of soil health mm-hmm. um yeah so it is um i guess it it is like going back in time yeah. to a little bit of a quieter time but feel like we're also looking to the future embracing that yeah, yeah. And, and and also protecting the land for future generations mm. yeah very holistic with the moon as well it's yeah sort of, yeah you old new moon cycles the rest of it yeah it. it is it's very nice in the body as well the spa's all on kind of slow time and it has actually we grow everything we grow all the tisans and the teas mm. and everything for the down at the farm yeah. and we grow uh there's a beautiful skincare line that's uh, is attached to the hotel and it's called Wildsmith mm. after the garden I was yes. talking about William Wildsmith and a lot of the products that go into the wild there, it's a completely natural organic beauty product and a lot of the stuff we grow down at the farm Amazing. all the calendulas all the kind of lavenders and stuff are all grown down there I love a bit of lavender me. yeah I know yeah. it's I'm lovely in. yeah <laughs> oh well talking about looking ahead then yeah what does the next chapter of Heckfield Place look like um well we're always kind of uh we're always looking to kind of move forward. I mean, this year the Bothy, the spa opened, which was mm. like a big thing for us. And uh, the far, we've got lots of kind of um, projects that we want to do down at the farm. We want to uh, we want to open it up more. We do like product, uh, produce sales every second weekend and we want to increase that. And yeah. 
we want to do a growing course down there. So, mm. I mean, I think it's very important for young people to return to the land and we want to grow growers for the future, yeah. which is really important. And I definitely see a lot of uh, young people and a lot of young chefs that I work with are very engaged with, they care where their food comes from mm -hmm. and they want to be engaged with small farms that are working uh, to secure the future of food. And so... Um, lots, lots of little projects, you know, we've had a real, I've had a personally a really busy year because we do a lot, we, we do, you know, we do, I, I did Chelsea flower show yeah. this year and we did the serpentine party yeah. and we do freeze masters mm -hmm. every year. We put a restaurant in there. So like we're, we're pretty busy mm -hmm. and quite maxed out. Um, but always, uh, I think really rather than we don't, we're not looking to grow an empire. We're just mm -hmm. trying to get, uh, we want to get. I think it's just always working to make this the best that it can be. Yeah. Well, I think more lovely things to be focusing on, yeah. not just grow, 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 but actually just making a great thing really. really yeah, great. we're definitely not grow like um, interested in growing a huge portfolio. Yeah. That's not what this is about at all. It's mm -hmm. um, about being small and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Being quite a small person. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's been so lovely to chat. Uh, I always have a closing tradition though. Yes. I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. You're going to imagine you've just cashed the winning lottery check. Wow. And you let me know what space comes to mind for you. So number one is, where are you running away to, to disconnect and to detox? If I won the lottery, yes. I would buy a little weatherboard cottage up the oh. north coast of New South Wales. Oh, I'd love something at home. Oh. Uh, you know, as I get older too, I really, yeah, I, I, I always... I was, I don't, I've always said I don't want to have old, cold bones. Um, and I would dream of being up the north coast of New South Wales somewhere oh. in a tiny little weatherboard cottage, not a big house with a vegetable garden. That sounds heavenly. Yeah. Lots of gardening, walking. Lots of gardening, lots of walking, lots of sun, warmth. Oh. On my skin, yeah. Oh, that's it's so nice and warm and cozy in here, but it's chilly outside. It and is, that's really yeah. To me and today. I grew up in a warm climate, yeah. you know, uh, and I, I do miss that. Yeah, maybe time to go home at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next one's slightly different. Your ultimate birthday party. Where are you hosting it? Oh God, my my ultimate birthday party would be in my bed with <laughs> like a cake from Marchese, a princess cake from Marchese. Uh, yeah. And a little teaspoon, and I'd like to eat a whole cake all on my own. <laughs> no I, one's ever had a party for one yet, but you are allowed that. It sounds I, fantastic. I love alone time, and I yes. feel like my life is. Um, I talk to people so much, and I'm. Um, I I replenish uh, mm -hmm. through quiet time. Yeah, I love that. For yeah. You. yeah, no, I love that. My God, under my duvet, maybe oh. with something really great on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> and no. a princess cake all to myself in <laughs> a teaspoon. I always get quite stressed about New Year's plans this time of the year. And actually, maybe that's what I'll do on you New Year's. I mean, give up on New Year because it's, it's always just so stressful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cake, spoon, bed, done. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you going? And are you staying anywhere special? Gosh, my bucket list. I don't know. Isn't that funny? I mean, I wish I, where would I go that I haven't been? that I really, I guess I'd love to spend more time in India, like mm. kind of maybe explore India a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, like maybe in Nepal, like uh, trekking maybe. I'd probably like to, if I did something on a bucket list, I'd probably like to challenge myself. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah but I feel pretty lucky because I feel like I, I've traveled quite a lot. And I don't care about hotels. I mean, I love coming here, obviously, <laughs> yeah. 
but I feel like you're hardly in a hotel when you travel. You holiday, so right. like I don't have a kind of hugely glamorous hotel I want to go and stay in. Or, yeah, yeah. get out there, get in those mountains. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Get in those, I, like I think seeing the majesty of nature somehow wow. always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, three very good answers, oh. I have to say. Very well played. And it's been such a pleasure chatting. Such a pleasure to talk Thank to you Thank you so too. much for having me in this gorgeous place. And such a pleasure. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. I've been really looking forward to sharing that one with you. Heckfield Place was just so perfect. I can't even begin to describe to you how gorgeous it was in person. And Sky was just the chicest, calmest chef I think I've ever met. And that's nearly a wrap for 2023. And we'll be back in 2024 with many more conversations, including our first ever Curator Spaces mini season, the London edition, which I'm incredibly excited to share with you. So join me then. I'll be back next time with more Curator Spaces.